Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And last week during the offering, I shared just a, a snippet of this with you. And uh, then on Tuesday night, I shared as well uh, a, a little bit about the Exodus, the year of Exodus. I'm really believing that 2017 and that the word of the Lord that he gave me that 2017 will be a year of Exodus for God's people. Amen. For us as the church, I believe it's the beginning of our coming out and moving into the place that God has for us. And so we're going to be doing things to set ourselves in agreement with that. But what I said Tuesday night and the way we responded Tuesday night is that when God declares something to you, if he says in 2017, we're going to lead you, we're going to do this, you don't have to wait till then. You can start moving and, and taking steps and moving to agreement with God right now. Amen. And, uh, and then with that, looking at next Sunday, is we're doing a special uh, Christmas message. And then uh, the following Sunday is Christmas Day. And we're doing a special one-hour service from 11 to 12 on Christmas Day. Families coming in. No children's ministry. Just all getting in here. We're going to have a, a Christmas service together from 11 to 12 on Christmas Day. Also, Christmas Eve is the Anglican. Uh, we're partnering with the Anglican Church for a Christmas Eve service at 7. But the, the week's kind of tied up. And then the following week is New Year's Day. And so in order to get... Get this message into our heart. Uh, I, I just wanted to speak it into your lives today and, and minister to you. And so in Exodus chapter 3, we're just going to talk this morning about and really tie into the same, uh, it, a lot of what we shared last week in leaving the past behind, forgetting the past. Because in, in order to leave Egypt, you have to forget yesterday and start walking towards tomorrow. Amen? You have to live in the now, and you have to move forward in God. Exodus chapter 3, and begin, just read verses 7 and 8 with me. And the Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. Somebody say, God knows. Oh, look at that. He knows their sorrow. So I've come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Father, I thank you in these next few moments that you will move mightily in this service by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we yield to you to be the teacher, to be the leader, the instructor, and the guide of our lives. We ask you to speak with clarity, with insight and understanding into our hearts today. Cause our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive truth from your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, Exodus, it's interesting that God says to Moses, Moses is standing there on Mount Horeb with God, the burning bush. God says, I've come to deliver the people. I've heard their cry. I know what's going on. But how many know from the time that God said that to the day that he actually delivered them, there were some things that took place? But God has declared what he's going to do. And I, I want to interject this here so I don't forget it uh, uh, later in the message because it just came kind of uh, extemporaneously as the Holy Spirit brought it to my, 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 uh, my thought as I was ministering in first service. But there's something that you need to know. Amos chapter 3, God says, I will do, I will do nothing in the earth. Listen to what God says. I will do nothing in the earth unless I first reveal it to my servant, the prophet. So when God speaks, he's speaking, declaring what he is going to do in the earth. He's not always asking you to do something, but is revealing and declaring what he is going to do in the earth. What he asks the prophet to do is to agree and to speak in agreement with what he's declaring he's going to do. And for us as his people, God's declaring and he has declared what he's going to do in the earth. And what we do is we speak in agreement and then we take acts and steps of obedience in agreement with what he's declared that he wants to do. 
Are you with me? So, but many times, when, well, God says he's going to do that. No, yeah, he said he's going to do it, but we take it upon ourselves thinking we have to make that happen. God was not asking Israel to deliver themselves. He says, I'm going to deliver my people. I'm going to bring them out. The Bible says, Psalmist wrote that he brought them out, and we're going to read with a mighty hand. Amen? And so God does that. He just asks for our agreement and then actions of obedience and agreement with him. And, uh, but there's a time factor in there. We're going to talk about that for in just a couple moments about appointed time. Look at the cover of your outline. The account of Exodus is this. It is a bringing out, or in other words, God bringing his people out of slavery and bondage and leading them into the fulfillment of his of the word of his promise. For us as a church, I truly believe 2017, <coughs> excuse me, marks the beginning of our leaving this facility after 23 years and being led by God to our promise. That meaning the place that we are to purchase and possess for our future and for the next generation. I believe that this year marks that time. God has done something in me, as I shared earlier in this year, just things been happening in me. And then again on Friday, there's just thing, one thing after another that just, that, that just keeps rising up in me. I'm out of here. Amen. We came in last night for the, the, our, our homeless shelter uh, dinner that we provide over here and the fundraiser and everybody coming together to minister to our, our homeless community and raise funds for that. And in the process, we have a leak over one door. We have a leak in this nursery. We have wet ceiling tiles in here. We have leaks up over the classrooms over here. And so I'm texting the owner and said, brother, your, 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 your building's leaking and we're leaking our way out of here. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So all of that, but it, 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 God's good. But I'm believing that by 2020, we'll be fully established in our new home. How many could just agree it's time? Amen. Amen. And so I'm believing we need a 400-seat sanctuary with adequate parking, bathrooms, classrooms, and fellowship facilities. How many would agree? Amen. Amen. A place not just to be planted, but to grow and be established for the future. Praise the Lord. And so as I was praying about this and, and Lord just dropping it in, because for years I felt, well, maybe we should just buy this and then we could do this. We could renovate and just trying to come up with an idea on how to make this work for our future and for longevity. And, and it just so you kept wrestling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then you sit there and you go, well, man, how are we going to do it? How do we have enough people? And then I went back and looked and the Lord reminded me, when did you ever have enough to do what I asked you to do? And that's the key, because God's always going to declare what he's going to do. He just asks for your agreement. Even when we moved into this facility, we had $6,000 in savings and to renovate this facility. And then in the first six weeks of signing the lease and agreeing to do this, God brought in $24,000 supernaturally. Some of you have heard the testimony. We had a gentleman that didn't even go to our church. His wife came to the church. She ran the tape ministry, and uh, she, uh, she would take the tapes home, and he would listen to them. And so he called me up. He goes, so I hear you guys uh, uh, found a building and you're, you're, you're uh, renovating and you need some money. I said, yeah, I do. He said, I'll give you $10,000. Let me know if you need some more. I said, I need some more. Amen. So a guy that doesn't even go to the church, he just listens to our tapes because his wife runs a tape ministry. And then he sends in $10,000. Isn't God good? 
so, but, but in that, there's always that place where we start, he asks you to take steps. He doesn't ask you to do it. He asks you to believe and to take the step. And we have testimony after testimony. Building the Lord's gym, God did the same thing. A gentleman walked in that we had actually approached for financing, and he said he couldn't help us, so he gave us some information on what we should do. And then he came down to look at what we were doing, and right in there in the middle of construction, stood on the second floor and handed us a check for $10,000 to help build the Lord's gym. God will move and, and, and show up on your behalf when you just agree and move with him. Amen? And uh, I'm excited for, for my son, Sean. We, Sue and I share the same testimony that one day God supernaturally sent somebody into our house and paid off all of our credit card debt in, in uh, 1988. It was an amazing day. God walked in. Somebody said, we want to pay off all your debt. I said, obey God. How many of you would have talked him out of it? Oh, no, I can't receive that. I said, do all that's in your heart and more. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So watch it. But then on Thursday, November 27th, the Lord spoke into my spirit that also for us as individuals, that 2017 will be a year of coming out. What I mean by that, of being led out of bondages, poverty, and sicknesses. A year of yokes and being destroyed and burdens being broken. A year of deliverance and the power of the Holy Spirit being made manifest through our lives as we prepare the way of the Lord. Amen? And so what happened was, is on Thursday, I was at the City Pastors Fellowship. I'm talking to Pastor Bill Krause from, from uh, uh, West Sac over there, and I'm talking to Pastor Fred Benzel, and they're sharing things that God's put in their heart. And God just, th- th- that statement right there, that paragraph right there, God just spoke up into my spirit. 2017 is a year of coming out for my church and for my people individually. Because anytime God does something in his church, he does something in our lives individually. Amen. But many times what happens is, is that we're supposed to be preparing the way of the Lord. And people get frustrated because it looks like it's a long time coming. I still believe the Lord is coming. And it's closer today than it has ever been. Amen. But that's the way we're supposed to live. People say, well, it's a long time. Yeah, but today is closer. I don't care if it's still 10,000 years. It's closer today than it has ever been. Amen? Because we're supposed to live in the now with God, always looking forward. Now, think about how long it's been, how long it's taken, why it hasn't happened by now. I had a pastor's wife say, well, you know what? If he was coming back, he he would have come back by now. I said, well, that's just ignorance gone to seed. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're almost still friends. Amen. So think about it. Like Israel waiting for the promise, many of us have been waiting for the appointed time of our answer. Some of us have been up against things, and many of us in this room, you've been believing God for a healing. You've been believing God for an answer. You've been believing God for a loved one. You've been believing God for a job. You've been believing God for a mate. You've been believing God for a breakthrough in one area or another. Say, God, why is it taking so long? Because you're, everybody's answer has an appointed time. Amen. And if you don't frustrate it, you can walk in the exodus that God has for your life. Look at Psalms 105, verse 37 through 39. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribe. That means there wasn't one sick person, one weak person. He brought them out healthy, and he brought them out fully provided for. The will of God is for his people to have full provision over their life, to be strong and to be in good health. John said in 3 John verse 2, I, be- I wish above all things, my brethren, that you, that, that you prosper and be in what? 
health even as your soul prosper. So it's one thing to be spiritual. It's one thing to be just bubbling over in the Lord. But the will of God is not only to have a prosperous soul, but that you prosper and be in health. So God brought his people out prosperous, able to do what he had called them to do. He gave them silver and gold because it wasn't going to be very long where he's going to ask them to build a house of worship for him. And they would bring the offering to make that happen. God always provides for us to do his work in the earth. When he says, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And if you will agree, I will bring my provision to your life to do what I want to do in the earth. I will allow you to be a part of what I'm going to do in the earth if you will agree with it. Amen? And so it's an exciting way to live with the Lord. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light in the night. See, know this. Whatever God desires to do a mighty work through his people corporately, he does it by doing a mighty work through their lives individually. So what do you need to know? Get ready for it and set your faith in agreement with the deliverance, the increase, the healing, the promotion that God has for your life. It is time. Time for your exodus. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. So how do I do that? You begin by letting your words, your seed, your choices, your deeds be in agreement with the exodus that God has for your life and for his church. Release your faith for coming out of the place, the circumstances, and the restrictions that have held you back. Set your eyes and your faith on possessing the promise. That's why it is so important to forget the past, as we ministered last week. If you cannot forget the past, then you're going, why is it taking so long? I've been waiting so long. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. And so we keep looking back. No, today I'm closer to my healing than I ever was before. Today I'm closer to my breakthrough than I ever was before. Today I'm closer to that promotion than I ever was before. Today I'm closer to God's answer coming through in my life than I ever was before. Glory to God. I'm looking forward with hope and expectation to what God has declared over my life. Amen? That's where God calls us to live and how he calls us to live. If you look at the nation of Israel, they got in trouble. You follow the Exodus story, they continually got in trouble. Every time they got stopped and they came up against some opposition, they looked back. And every time they looked back, they made bad decisions, and it brought repercussions upon their lives by looking back. Looking back never moves you forward. Praise the Lord. So you have to let your words and your actions, your seeds, your choices, everything be in agreement with that exodus. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, I put in your outline. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Everybody say diligent. Diligence it means to make every effort that you're exerting yourself to the full assurance of hope to the end that you do not become what? sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, the word patience there is hupomene, it means steadfast endurance, that you steadfastly endure, that you have faith, but you hold on to patience and you keep enduring and you keep pressing forward and those are the ones who inherit the promise. Amen? So what do you do? See, many times it is not that we don't have the faith, we just lack the patience to wait for our appointed time. Hear me, rushing ahead leads to a premature birth of the promise. I said in first service, I'll say it again. Over, Pastor Sue and I have been pastoring now and ministering now for 35 years. 1981 we started, and in that time we've seen so many people just get tired of waiting. 
And so what they do, they prematurely move. God's doing something in the heart. Instead of learning to be faithful where they are, instead of learning just to be consistent, to allow God to grow it, to wait for the appointed time, they push it. What now? I need my time. I'm ready to be there. I want to be ready. I want to be there. I want to be there. When do I get there? La, 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 la. And so then they force it. And they prematurely break out, and then they wonder why it doesn't come to pass. And then when they prematurely break out, many times they get discouraged, and then they just give up, and they miss the call of God. You have to hold on to patience, because rushing ahead leads to a premature birth of the promise. We don't want the promise that is not fully formed or that has been forced into time by our impatience. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. That's how we got Ishmael. That's, we have, that's why we have ISIS today. Isn't that wonderful? Go ahead. Force your way with God. Tell me know how that works out for you. Hallelujah. It didn't work for them, and it does not work for us as well. See, many times we can find ourselves up against a situation that seems to be unmovable. We can feel like Israel backed up against the Red Sea with the army of the adversary barreling down towards us. Get that picture. God says, I'm bringing you out. He sends Moses there. He does all these miracles. He gets them out. They're heading towards the promise. They come up against the Red Sea, and here it is. Well, how are we going to cross here? You know, there's like no, there's no ferry. There's no barges here. You know, there's no bridge. There's no golden gate. There's nothing here. We just, how do we get across here? And then they look behind him, and here comes Pharaoh and his army. Say, wait a minute. I just gave up my work for I'm going to go bring them all back. And so he come, the enemy comes to try to bring you back and capture you and take you back into captivity. And so while they're standing there, they get frustrated and they get afraid. And so it looks like the adversary is going to reapproach, is approaching upon them and is going to gain victory and, 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 and uh, over their lives. And so they begin to murmur against God. But listen to what the Lord said. See, and hear this before we read this scripture. But when that happens, that's not the time to look back and lose faith and give up and surrender. That is the very moment when we need the greatest faith to stand and see the salvation of God. Amen? Amen. So that's why I, I want you to hear that. God says, I'm giving you an exodus. And many people have started. God's tried to bring it to them. But then the imminent enemy comes against them. And it looks like it's not going to happen. And so they agree. With the adversity, instead of saying no, instead of learning how to stand still and see the salvation of God. Moses rose up and said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, shall see, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Amen. So what happens? God gives them the victory. Moses, by faith, stretches out that rod. God parts the Red Sea. They cross over on dry ground. The devil is a dumb devil. Amen. He'll always try to follow you into victory, and God will always swallow him up, swallow him up if you'll keep your eyes looking forward. Amen. Amen. They get on the other side. They look back. The last time they saw the Egyptian was looking like bobbers on a fishing line in the Red Sea. Amen. So they crossed over and left the enemy in the ocean. Hear me. Our exodus is always connected to his appointed times. So think about Israel coming out of Egypt after 400 years at the appointed times. Generation lived under slavery and oppression. But then at the appointed time, God brought them out. And many times I'll hear, well, I know somebody who went through there and they waited a long time. And I don't care about anybody else's experience. I'm living my own faith life. Amen. I'm living in God's promise. I'm standing on God's word. I'm not going to let somebody else's experience determine my outcome with God. Are you with me this morning? I'm living by faith in him. Praise the Lord. 
Think about it. How we live and respond. This is so important this morning. You need to hear it. How we live and respond as we wait for our appointed times makes all the difference. How you live and how you respond while you're waiting for your appointed time. I shared it last week and even in that about leaving in that in-between play. Every prayer request you have on this wall or anybody's put on this wall, they put it up there, they pray. And now they're living in between and, and, and our, sanctuary, our sanctuary, everybody's sitting right here. You're sitting in between the request and the answer. And you're living every day in between your request and your attitude. And how you guard your heart and keep your attitude in this in-between play determines how long it takes you to get to the other side. The nation of Israel, when God brought them out, they couldn't keep their attitude right. They couldn't keep their perspective right. And so that God brought them out and he could have got them in in a very short time. But because they refused to look forward and they refused to live in the now with God and they refused to give up their path, it took them 40 years and they had to wait for a whole generation to die off. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch it. So you have to keep your attitude right. Because what, God, why are you taking so long? Da, 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 da. And so then we begin to murmur against God. How many know murmuring is not good? So what do you You have to guard your heart or, and our faith as we wait upon the Lord. If we do not guard our heart, we'll need an exodus from an attitude that is built up while waiting on the appointed time. You need to underline that. It's very careful. You know how many people we've met over the years that have an attitude towards God because he's taken too long. See, Margaret agrees. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Amen. Now watch this. Look at, go with me if you would to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 4. Say amen when you're there. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 25 says this. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out of their host by number. He calls them by name. By the greatness of his might and by the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, nor is there, there is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fail. But those, everybody say those. Those who what? Wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like easel. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How do you wait on the Lord? You stay in the now with God. You don't ever say, God, why are you taking so long? Have you forgot my request? I don't feel like God hears me when I pray. You don't say those kind of things. You just live in the now. Thank you, Father. I'm closer today than I was yesterday. Thank you, Father. I'm moving forward. My eyes are fixed. I've set my faith. I'm not giving up. Shout amen somebody that's where you wait and as you wait on the Lord you're standing there next thing you know glory to God I just feel stronger today I'm believing God God's coming through he's on my side he's on my behalf I will see the salvation of God if I just have to stand still I'm going to hold on to my peace 
Amen. I'm not going to give it up. Praise the Lord. Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you have your Bible, turn there. Are we helping you this morning? Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and beginning in verse 7. Look what the apostle Paul says here. You're too slow turning, so I'll start without you. (laughs) But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of who? Of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord, and the life of, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. Verse 11. For we who live always are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Come on, to have an exodus, you have to believe God and you have to stand on the word and you have to speak and declare the word of God. Not anything yet, not looking back, it's taking too long. It's still, no, it's not taking long. Come on, you've been in it a long time, but glory to God, you're moving forward in him, amen? And so begin to declare that and speak that over your life. Look what Paul said. Believe and speak. Verse 14. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake that the grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And you know what? If you can have the faith to do that while you're going through it, while you're living in the now and looking forward to God and declaring your exodus and your victory and your promise come to pass, people will look and see, say, my goodness, how can you have such faith? How can you be so encouraged? Look at the condition you're in. Look at the circumstances you're up against. Yes, but this too is going to pass. Hallelujah. I'm not here to stay. I'm not camping here. I'm not ordained to live here. This This is only a season in my life. This is only a moment in my life. I'm an eternal being, and I've been measured with the eternal weight of glory, and I'm moving forward in God. I'm not staying here. You stay here. Enjoy yourself in this dump. Glory to God. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. So look what Paul says in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Learn to live your life from the inside out. For our light, look at what he said. Paul just listed all that. And he goes, my light affliction, this light affliction is but for a moment. Hallelujah. It is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The word temporary and temporal there mean subject to change. A temporal thing is subject to change. This is changing every moment. Come on, tomorrow, you're going to be closer to your answer than you are right now this morning. Believe God and believe his promises and believe his prophet. And the Bible says you'll prosper. Amen? That means you'll move towards the fulfillment of his promise in your life. But this light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a, more, a, more, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
Amen. So we're living for the hope of the eternal. That's how you do it. Think about it. It's easy to get discouraged while you seemingly sit in faith, waiting for the appointed time of your exodus. But keep your eye on the promise. Keep looking forward and living in the now with God, walking with the Holy Spirit. He's always showing us things to come, not things that have been. The Holy Ghost is not the spirit of what has been. He's the spirit of what is coming. Amen. Amen. Think about it. Just as surely as we bury our old man. Hello, young lady just buried, just buried her old man right here. That's the declaration. Hallelujah. Amen. Little hope. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. She's a brand new person in Christ. Her life is now forward. And who cares what happened in her past? Amen. 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 See, when you start talking to your past, you begin necromancing. That means you're talking to things that are dead. You're having intercourse with dead spirit, spiritual and, and, and mental inter, interaction and intercourse with dead things. We're not called to, to talk to the dead. Right. We're called to listen to the spirit of life. Amen. Amen. And walk in that. Glory to God. Amen. So think about it. Keep your eye on the promise. Keep looking forward and living in the now. So sure as we bury the old man, we're raised with Christ in newness of life. Our life is now forward. All of our focus is to be forward with anticipation of what is to come because we've been redeemed from what has been. Come on, we've been delivered from that. Amen. And, and I, I said it last week and you need to hear it so much this morning in moving forward. Too many times everybody wants to remind you of what has been. Refuse to go there. Refuse to let your past be brought against your present. See, when I got saved, people told me, that, well, we're sorry, you can't be used by God. You have a moral failure in your life. You were divorced before you got saved. I, 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 see, I was just stupid and didn't know any better. I'm glad I'm still stupid. I mean, I, I just said, well, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. But I, I, this is what I said. I said, I think I'll just serve God and see what happens anyway. How many are glad that I didn't agree with them? Has, any, has God done anything through your life, through my life? Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. Okay, so God's done something in your life, through my life. But if I would have believed them, if I would have believed them, I would not have answered the call of God. And I would not have been here. Whatever God did through my life, through your life, through my life, would not have taken place. We would not have baptized a young lady here today because I would not have believed that God could have restored my son and I would not have walked in that restoration and there would not have been a youth group where she would have been there. There would not have been a front row for her ever to sit upon. I'm telling you, there are eternities that are connected to your life and if you don't listen to the past, you can live forward and live in the victory and live in the exodus that God has for your life. Shout amen, somebody. Think about it. Galatians 6, verses 7 and 9 says this. Be not deceived. God is what? Not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season. Somebody say due season. In due season, at the appointed time, we will reap. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what? For us as the church, we look, man, we've been in this building for 23 years. Well, it's just been a good season. Well, when are you going to do this? When are you going to I don't want to birth anything prematurely. When we moved the church up here to Placerville in 1992, we moved into the Memorial Hall up here, the Veteran Memorial Hall. We met in that place for 18 months. I drove around for 18 months looking in buildings. Is this the building? Is that the building? We drew plans on three buildings. We sent a proposal to three buildings. None of them worked out. 
And then one day we found this building. And then we got in this building. And over the years, every time somebody's moved out, we've been able to take more space and take more space till we've completely occupied. Amen. And so we fully fund. And it makes no more sense to put no more money, any more money into a building that is not ours. And this building isn't, this facility and this space in here isn't enough and isn't adequate for what we want to do. So it's time to believe that God has a better place. Amen. It's time to stretch the tents of our, the borders of our tent and believe God has enlarged our land, has a greater place for us. And that's what we're going to move forward to. Amen. Amen. But we're not going to birth an Ishmael. Amen. So it may take us another 18 months. It may take us. That's why I said I'm believing by 2020. Hey, man, I got 2020 faith. Lord of God, because I want to have good vision. Amen. I want to see clearly where God's taking me. Praise the Lord. So look at this, John 16, 3, about the Holy Spirit. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you where? Into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You know what I want? I want the Holy Ghost to show me what's coming. I want him to show me where it's at. I want to walk in. When we walked into this place, I knew this was the place, and God orchestrated it. And you have peace. You never have to give up on your peace. When you're trying to make it happen and it's premature, you never feel easy, and you start asking everybody else what they think. And you're trying to get confirmation from everybody else because you don't have the peace of God in your heart. You're just looking for somebody to agree that you're stupid, but it's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Amen. Now watch it. This is the time of the year when we remember the birth of our Lord and Savior. We remember that he too came in his own appointed time. Jesus came in his own appointed time. Galatians 4 verses 4 and 5 says this. But when the fullness of time was come. You know when your answer comes? In the fullness of time. And hear it again. You need to hear this. How you guard your attitude in that moment while you're there. Somebody is watching you. Your life is going to have an impact on somebody else. People say, how can you hold on to your hope? How can you hold on to your peace? You've been going through this situation for so long. You've been praying for your child for so long. Look, they are not getting any better. Amen. There's pistons. That, that, that praying. And, and not, not getting better, but he even grew worse. Ah! No, not looking at the things that are, but looking at the things that are not seen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call these things that be not as though they were. I am the healed of the Lord. I am the delivered of the Lord. I am free. I do have. God will come through. Amen. Hallelujah. So think about it. Never lose hope. Hold on to your faith. Keep looking forward and living in the now with God. Your appointed time is just before you. The wilderness, the sickness, the lack, the discouragement is not your promise. You know, in 1981, Sue and I went to Vernon, California. We got called to go in the ministry there. And so in August of 1981, we went to Bernie, California. And, and, uh, and just a year and a half later, by December of 1982, that place was just a, a mess at that time. They have a great pastor now, been doing a great job, been there over 15 years. Amazing. God's really blessed that church and turned it around. And he's a great man of God. And that, and, but, but at that time, it was just a nightmare and a mess. And so in the span of 18 months, I'm sitting in the pastor's office. Right at this time, it was, it was the Christmas school break, the week of last week of school there and I go in the pastor's office and we have this big confrontation and, and all this stuff and I just go, okay, I quit. I quit. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Bye. And so I quit and then I told Sue, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we're, we're sitting there 
and through that whole season. And then right after we quit, the pastor resigned. And uh, I mean, it, it was really a mess. I'm going to all that. But then he resigned. And so then we go into January. I go, man, I don't know what we're going to do. But I, I just had this in my spirit. Because Brotherhood had a vision to our church of raising up young men and sending them out into the ministry. And so we, we had seen men and women go out and couples go out trying to pursue God. And, and they went out and it didn't work. And so they went back to new life. And I just remember telling Sarah, I said, honey, I know one thing. I don't know what we're going to do, but I know one thing. I said, I know we can't go back. I don't know what we're going to do, and I don't know what God has in but I know we can't go back. Because I said, everybody who's gone back has never gone out again. Amen. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm not going to, we're just going to stay. We're going to believe God. And so go through an amazing six-month period of time where, where all we had was the $300 of income that she was getting being the church secretary. She didn't quit. <laughs> and, so, and so she was the church secretary and she's doing the book to paint her 300 bucks but that's all we had for income the people where we live said hey you know what we, we won't charge you any rent for living here until God provides another job for you until you figure out what you're going to do people started showing up we had an, another pastor come in to, 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 to uh, Pastor Buster Martin from San Jose came up and, or Santa Rosa came up and uh, uh, uh candidate for the church but he didn't take it but while it was there God put it on his heart his church adopted us and paid for our health insurance so we had medical she was pregnant with Austin at that time so they paid for our medical insurance to cover that so our, our, our hospital bills be, God will move amen but in the meantime I still can't get a job you don't know what you're going to do so one day I just got in my old Chevy pickup a 1962 black Chevy pickup and, and, and I drove up on the hill had a little cassette deck in there and, and some funky little speakers and I went up and I got my Dallas home CD I mean, my dad was home cassette tape. Yeah. Amen. And I put it in, and I sat up on the hill above Bernie up there, and I began to worship to here we are in his presence, lifting holy hands to you. I don't have the words to tell you how I feel. I'm just I'm worshiping God. And said, the end of that chorus says, and we just worship him for the things he's brought us through. Amen. And God became faithful. A few months later in April, the pastor, we, we get, the church gets a new pastor. He's there for three weeks. And he says, hey, boy, let's go out and have some coffee on a Wednesday morning. He says, hey, let's go out and have some coffee. I said, all right. And he says, hey, have you ever thought about going to some of these outlying areas where there's never been a Pentecostal work? I said, no, I've never had that thought. He said, you should have that thought. <laughs> I said, are you telling me to leave? He says, in a very polite way, yes, I am. And so that was Wednesday morning. Now watch this. In Wednesday night, Wednesday night, we, we, we go to church, midweek service. We go out to pie and coffee with some folks after church on Wednesday night. And, and a couple, two couples are in, in, in the restaurant where we go. And they're sitting there, two couples that would come down from Bieber, California, just about 50 miles east of there. And they're sitting there. And they go back in the day. How many used to go to church where you were brother and sister? And they go, brother preacher, brother preacher, come over here, come over here. They said, our pastor just left. Why don't you come be our pastor? And so they asked me to come be their pastor in an area where there had never been a Pentecostal work. So this guy was trying to get, get rid of me, but God was prophesying through him and kicking me out. <laughs> Amen. And I didn't know it, but I was walking in my appointed time. Amen. So we went there and we established a Pentecostal work where there had never been one. We spent six years there, but that wasn't our place. God had a point to get us here, so everything worked around. So while you're going through it and you're going through that place that doesn't feel right, and we get there, God, we have all this vision. We want to do this. We want to build a gym. We want to do it there. And then we get here, we open the Lord's gym, and everything we had in our heart to do there in Bieber, they wouldn't do. And so we put it up on the wall. We're opening it here. We opened the Lord's gym in 2006, and the Lord says, I put it in 
you there for here. Oh, I see. You put it in me 17 years ago there for here. You get that? He put it in me 17 years before it came to pass here. It's what he put in me there that worked the transition that brought me here. Do you understand that? Your appointed time has a time. And if you learn to keep your attitude right in that time, you can enter into the promise. Let me finish with this this morning. Watch this. Never again, never lose your hope. Hold on to your faith. Keep looking forward and living in the now with God. Your appointed time is just before you. The wilderness, the sickness, the lack, and the discouragement is not your promise. God only brings us out in order to bring us in. He only reveals so he can heal. When we have a word of knowledge in a service, God's not saying that just to let you know he knows you have a condition. He reveals to heal. He knows that you need it, and he declares it so he can heal it. So let your words, your seed, your choices, and your deeds be in agreement with the exodus that God has for your life and for his church. What do you need to do? Release your faith for coming out of the place and the circumstances and the restrictions that have held you back. Set your eyes and your faith on the promise. As we prepare to leave this year, purpose to do something that will set your faith in agreement with what God desires to do in your life. I've had it in my heart today. Pastor Sue and I sowed a significant seed into our building fund. I don't want to wait until we know the bin or whatever. I'm sowing right now. I'm believing God right now. And so this is the beginning of what I want to do. Because David said in Psalm, uh, uh, Second Chronicle, or First Chronicles 29, he says, you know what? I've set my affection on the house of my God. And so out of my own personal treasure, I'm given to build a house for the glory of God. Amen? And that's what I, we've set our hearts to do. So do something, whether it's sowing a seed, whether it's changing your direction, whether it's repenting of your attitude, whatever it may be, do it. Sow seeds in faith for the harvest of your exodus. Purpose to speak the promise only. Set your eyes and your focus daily on the promise that God that, that is before you. Refuse to look backwards towards Egypt and the place of bondage. How do you do that? Bury the old man, his ways, his words, his thoughts, his responses, his doubt and his fear and live as the new man alive in Christ looking for and living for the promise of all that is new in Christ. So this is what I'm challenging you to do today. Do something before you walk out of this building today. That's what the Spirit of God told me to ask you to do. To ask everyone in this building to do something different before you walk out of this building today. That is in agreement with your exodus. And that declares that you are leaving the old behind, forgetting the past, and moving forward towards your promise. Make a decision. Write it down. Move to this altar. Begin to pray. In a moment, maybe we'll just all come up here and pray and believe God as an act of faith. We're getting out of this building and take a first step in moving toward our new building. And just put it together. Maybe need to step out. God, I'm getting out of this doubt. I am going to be healed. I am going to be delivered. I am going to find a job. I do have this coming. I'm closer to date. Whatever it is that's held you back, whatever it is that you God is moving in your heart as an exodus for, then move towards that today. Take an act of faith and a step of faith today and move towards it. See, in the fullness of time, Jesus came to change everything. And he can change you too and bring you into the promise of your exodus. Watch this video as the worship team comes back.
Amen. Would you stand with me and bow your heads? Come on, Jesus changes everything. Is there something in your life that you've held on to that you have not allowed him to change? Come on, he comes to make your life brand new. New life, new hope, a new future. Sometimes in order to have an exodus, you have to get beyond your religion. Sometimes it's just things we've held on to in our past that are old ways of thinking, old thoughts, things that have been ingrained into us. Sometimes we're just frustrated at the time it's taking. We live in the instantaneous age of the individual where everything revolves around our individual likes, our interests. Do you like that? Is that good for you? How does that make you feel? And instead of living, understanding that we're connected corporately. What about just getting back to a place where I hear the word of God and I believe that God has already spoken what he is going to do. Jesus has already declared he's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's the one who lifts the burden. He's the one who destroys the yoke. He's the one who sets captives free. He's the one who opens blind eyes. He's the one who opens doors. He's the one who makes a way where there is no way. And he asks us just to agree with him. So maybe this morning there's something in your life that you need to allow him to change something if there's a step if you need to exodus in any way on any area maybe you're here today and you just need to exodus out of your old life you've never accepted Christ as your savior you need to get out of Egypt you need to get out of the bondage of this world and you need to be born again you need to accept the life of Christ you need to have a testimony just like hope this morning you need to have your life renewed restored your past forgiven and know that God has a place for you in his family today Maybe that's you today. God invites you to come. And I'm asking you, or maybe you're here and you're just in agreement with me. Say, Pastor, I agree. It's time to get out of this building. It's time to move forward. It's time to believe God. And and I need to, to do something. I need to be involved significantly. I need to ask God and show me what I need to do. There's seeds I need to sow. There's steps I need to take. There, 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 there's a vision that I need to catch. I need to see and live for and walk toward. Whatever it might be, as they begin to sing, I'm going to ask you, just collectively, move right out of where you are. Move up here this morning. If we have to fill up this whole platform I don't care but we're going to move we're declaring an exodus this morning I'm declaring the word of the Lord in this house this morning an exodus has begun it is time to get out God said I've looked and I've seen and I'm aware of the affliction and the suffering of my people and I'm bringing deliverance to them so I believe deliverance starts right here today in Jesus name I don't care what it's looked like yesterday I don't care how you felt yesterday I don't care what it looked like I don't care what the doctor said I don't care what the finances said I don't care what the situation said I don't care what the loved one said I don't care what anything said yesterday this is today and we are alive in God today that is the path this is today and today is the day of salvation not yesterday today not tomorrow today and right now in the now we're stepping into the now in God and we're saying yes to God in Jesus name just begin to worship him